Hello, and welcome back to Tevading Patiently, the appreciation podcast that highlights, dives deeper, and celebrates the work and accomplishments of our national treasure, Aaron Tevate. I'm your host, Elizabeth, and this week's episode goes through the energetic, wild story that is told through Catch Me If You Can, the musical. So here we are, live in living color with another originated role by our national treasure. Leonardo DiCaprio may have captivated audience as Frank Abagnale Jr. on the big screen in Catch Me If You Can, but Aaron stole the stage in the play adaptation of the movie in 2011. At just 27 years old, Aaron describes the role as, quote, everything he could have ever dreamed of. Adapting a movie to the stage is a complicated process. There's more to it than just simply acting out the movie scenes. The perspective needs to change. There's the added character of the audience to bring along for the ride, the live music, the movement throughout the stage, etc. Catch Me If You Can had no shortage of movement for the actors. In an interview with Broadway's show people, Aaron describes the character Frank's boundless imagination and shared that it's that imagination that fits so well into a musical because it's such a fantastical story. And musicals are a fantastical way to tell a story. Frank Abagnale Jr. himself actually speaks to how his story lends itself so well to the Broadway stage. Why do you think your story works as a Broadway musical? I think there it does because they've written, first of all, great music that takes you along with the story, music written for the play. And the story is more about the relationship between my father and the FBI agent who was my friend for 30 years till he passed away. I think they're selling that side of the story that the movie really didn't delve into a great deal. Frank Abagnale Jr. was just 16 years old when he ultimately conned about $2.5 million from people, which is actually closer to $14 or $15 million with inflation in today's money. What he did and was able to pull off actually sounds made up, but the fact that it isn't adds even more to the story. The real Frank Abagnale Jr. was such an integral part in the development of the Broadway show, and gave Aaron the opportunity to go right to the source when he had questions. How does it feel to have the real guy here today? That guy. It's unbelievable. It's, I mean, it's such a fascinating story, but you'd think that it was made up. It's real. I mean, that guy did all this when he was 16 years old. And he's so forthcoming and open about what he did and why he did it. So, you know, if I ever have a question, you know, I can say, hey, what were you thinking here? What were you feeling? Or why did you do this? So. It's kind of a very unique experience, you know, when you're playing someone who's a, who's a real person who's right there, so it's, but it's incredible. While Next to Normal may have been the first originated role for Aaron to play on Broadway, playing Frank Abagnale Jr., the main character and narrator of the show, who's on stage pretty much the whole time for eight shows a week, was its own kind of beast. In a 2021 interview with Broadway show people, Aaron shares a role from even earlier in his career that prepped him for Catch Me If You Can, both physically and confidently. Catch Me If You Can was interesting because yeah, I'd had a wonderful experience with Next to Normal. That was kind of the first, um, the first original cast I'd been a part of. Actually, you know, I got to do a, I did a, I did a, a musical version of The Three Musketeers that we did at North Shore, um, I think in two, summer 2007. And uh, it, they'd hoped that it was gonna have future life and it kind of, you know, as things happened, it didn't. But that was a that was a part for me playing D'Artagnan that was similar to, to Frank Jr. where I was really on stage for kind of the whole evening. And I learned, you know, I think I needed that show to kind of teach me the confidence that I could mm. do that, right? And so by the, so then I, you know, when we got to Catch If You Can, 
um, I, I'd had that in my back pocket. I, even though it was a limited run, limited experience, I'd had an experience before where I'd really done that. So I think I was, I think I really leaned on that during that show. And, and yeah, that was, uh, you know, just eight shows a week is always an act of uh, endurance. But that, that show in particular really, really pushed me. You know, it was like I had to dance because, you know, God bless Jerry Mitchell. He wanted me out there dancing and I had to dance and sing. And it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was really, it was, it was a lot. <laughs> Aaron has shared many times before that being on stage for eight shows a week on Broadway is a test of endurance and feels like you're surrounded by an elite group of athletes each night. I mean, think back to Moulin Rouge. Aaron would pop in and out of Ricky's lives either before or after physical therapy sessions to keep himself in tip-top shape. So it makes sense that preparation for a Broadway show would include working out. Aaron personally prepared for the role by taking various classes, participating in voice work, and even worked out with the trainer to make himself, quote, as injury-proof as possible. There's a special drive and stamina required for eight shows a week, and it's not something that just happens. As with everything else, you have to work for it and maintain it. Another way that the show differs from the movie is that in the show, Aaron's the narrator. In interviews, Aaron has shared that one of his jobs as the narrator and the main character was to get the audience on his side. If you think about it, Frank wasn't necessarily a good guy. He did a lot of things to con and trick people. But Aaron stresses that none of it was done maliciously. Frank would just see an opportunity and would take it. In a 2011 interview with Show People, Aaron shares two stories that Frank told him that aren't in the play but are absolutely unbelievable. Listen to this. And, you know, I mean, he would, one thing he did that's not in our show, but it's, you know, in the book, his book, and he, he's told me about it. And he just went into a bank, and there's a stack of deposit slips, and he changed, like, where the number where you write your account. He wrote his account number in, the, in, that, in those boxes. And so when people came in, they didn't know enough to not write their number in. And so when they deposited checks, it went into his bank account. So just stuff like that. I mean, it's just, it's ingenious, you know, yeah. and it's, you wouldn't think of it, but he just thought of it before anyone else did. Or another great story that, that I love that he tells is while he was flying as a Pan Am pilot around the world, he would get to the airport and he would see that there was a drop box for the rental car mm -hmm. companies and people would leave their money and the keys in the rental car box. And so what he did, he went to a costume shop and rented a uniform, like a security guard uniform, and put a sign on the box that said, box out of order, leave with security guard. And he just sat there and people just handed, him their, handed money to them all day for their rental cars. I mean, does your mind work like that? Mine definitely does not. If there's one thing I'm excellent at, it's overthinking. I can overthink better than anyone I know. So the quick thinking of writing my bank account number on a deposit slip would just never occur to me. Or maybe it would, and then I would just stand there for 20 minutes debating whether or not to actually go through with it. There's Frank's brain, and then there's my brain, and we are not created equal. The first premiere of Catch Me If You Can took place in Seattle, Washington from July 23rd to August 16th of 2009. Aaron actually left Next to Normal during this time to go and perform and Catch Me If You Can. The Broadway premiere of the show took place at the Neil Simon Theater on March 11, 2011. Theatrics and musicality aside, I'll touch on that in a little bit, one of the show's themes was about the family that you choose, not necessarily the family that you're born into. 
and this is portrayed throughout the show as the relationships between Frank Jr. and his dad, and Frank Jr. and Special Agent Hanratty develop and involve. Sure, Frank ends up having a love interest in the show, but at the heart of it is that father-son relationship. I love about Catch Me If You Can is it's so cool to have a, a, mu- a Broadway musical about three men, basically. Yeah. Yep. You know, it's three straight men, yeah. and and the dynamic and this fatherhood dynamic. Mm-hmm. It's it's a real. It makes it really unique. It's a it's an interesting. We've talked about it, Norbert, Tom, and I, and uh, you know, not that there's anything against Norbert. Norbert, no, let's just clarify. Norbert Leo Butts mm-hmm. plays Carl Hanratty, right? Who's following you? Yep. And Tom Wopat plays my dad. Yeah, but we've talked about it. Just the energy of like you know, the three of us loving baseball and talking about that, and I think that there's more. Uh, there's just. Um, I don't know, and those the two of them are such men of the theater, you know. I mean, Tom has this weight to him that is just an un, he's unbelievable presence on stage, and he's such a he's such a smart actor, and I mean, he asks such incredible questions in rehearsal, and I mean, I, I just I love working with him, and Norbert, in the same way, is brilliant. I'll never forget <laughs> when we were rehearsing for the Seattle production, just sitting in a room about you know a tiny room with he and Jack, who already had a shorthand from working together in Dirty Rotten. And they're both classically trained. I just remember sitting in the room after the first day thinking, oh man, I gotta catch up here. Because they were just like the things that they were talking Mm -hmm. about. And so it's been amazing for me to work with these people because they're brilliant. I personally love the heartfelt comedic moment at the end of the show when Frank is getting arrested by Hanratty. But Frank hugs him and tells Hanratty that he's pretty cool. And Hanratty gets all teary, claiming that no one has ever called him cool before. It just further solidifies the relationship that those two characters develop throughout the show, and in real life. While three men may be the main characters and presence of this show, there's no shortage of beautiful women dancers who are also critical in their roles throughout the show and help tell the story of the various jobs that Frank took on while on the run. When he has a Pan Am pilot, he danced with his stewardesses. As a doctor, he was surrounded by nurses. The song Doctor's Orders was one of Aaron's favorite to perform and be a part of, probably for obvious reasons, but here's what he had to say about that number. And you also have that uh, that fun number with all the nurses. Yes. It's kind of like a Broadway Bears number, a little Doctor's bit. Order is pretty great. I kind of <laughs> just get to uh, <laughs> stare at them. I mean, I get to stare at them all show, but... But when I, with the in Jet Set, for instance, when they're stewardesses, I'm, it's a little more innocent. I'm a little more, but then I mean, you know, it's a kid's fantasy of sexy nurses. So. So how does it feel to have uh, Rochelle Rack whipping her hair in your crotch? Feels pretty good. <laughs> Feels pretty good. I remember the first day we were staging that. Jerry said, "Yeah, well, just take your hats off and you know smack them in the crotch with your hair." And I kind of perked up. I said, "It's fine with me. Go ahead, go ahead, ladies. You know, <laughs> it's great." The music of the show is a character all on its own and the cast's voices are just next level. Aaron's idol, Norbert Leo Butts, described the singing, and Aaron, like this. Our show's really well sung. I mean, Aaron Tveit is one of the great um, male vocalists of of this generation. Um, He is a phenomenal technical singer, one of the smartest singers. No argument from me about Aaron's singing voice, Norbert. The musical vibrance and energy is different from traditional theater music, which adds to the fantastical storyline. They write music in this show, and I mean, all, that it doesn't sound like necessarily theater music. It sounds like like Fly Away, Carrie song. I swear it could be on the radio now. It could have been a, ra- a hit song in the 60s. And that, the music has that kind of feel to it. 
It's catchy and invites the audience into the minds and actions of the characters on stage. Seven Wonders is one of my favorite songs from the show. It makes me both want to laugh and cry. Laugh at the way Frank describes the various wonders of the world. For example, Frank describes the Grand Canal in Venice as an Italian toilet bowl. What? But also cry at the way that Frank comes to the realization that he wants to be done with the flashy parts of life and is ready for the ordinary family-style life he's been longing for. I mean, that's why he set out to do what he did, right? As a way to get the money to bring his own family back together? So many messages and themes are conveyed throughout the music of the show. The Broadway run of Catch Me If You Can was short-lived, though, only lasting six months on Broadway, from March 11th to September 4th, 2011. I shared an interview clip in episode one about how Aaron, for a while, blamed himself for the show's short run. Since he was on stage all night, every night, he felt responsible but now believes that it was the timing of the show's release and how it coincided with other premiering Broadway shows that may have been a bigger factor. The final big number of the show is the song Goodbye. It's performed by Aaron just before he's about to get arrested by Hanratty. The weight of the song and the lyrics of that song caused Aaron to be teary to vate that we know and love during stage during that last ever final performance of the show. He felt the gravity of the show and its ending, and he knew the audience felt it too. It's a happy ending to the greatest show on earth. Now the curtain's descending, and I hope you got your money's worth. We'll stop the show now, cause I wanna leave on top. So get up and go now. There's nothing left inside my head Everything that's left to say has been said Whew, I mean, that'll get you right in the feels. I remember listening to that song when Aaron was preparing to leave Moulin Rouge and it was emotional. It brings out everything. Despite the disappointment of the show's short run and the optimistic hope that one day there will be a revival, it is clear that Aaron to this day takes so much pride in that show. The pride comes out through his voice when he talked about the show back in 2011, and it still shines through today. Catch Me If You Can was Aaron's first big experience on as a Broadway leading man, and what a leading man he was. Now, fingers crossed that we actually get a revival someday. And who knows, maybe Aaron could be cast as Frank's dad, or better yet, Special Agent Hanratty. Thank you so much for listening today and for your support of this little podcast. What an amazing show Catch Me If You Can was. From the cast to the soundtrack, it's just one of a kind. If you're looking for some more fun Aaron content, you can find me on Instagram at tevating underscore patiently. Hope to see you back here for episode seven. <laughs>